Hello and welcome to the MobyCast. Today, we're lucky to have Bob Bentz joining us. I met Bob last month at the Location Leadership Forum, um, the MMA event. We, we sat down uh, to lunch together and we uh, had, a, had a great conversation down at lunch and uh, later found out that he, uh, is a, he is the author of Relevance Raises Response, How to Engage and Acquire with Mobile, Mar- or and acquire with mobile Marketing. It's a 354-page book. It's available at relevanceraisesresponse.com or at Amazon. He's also the proprietor and founder of Purple Gator, which is one of the companies under the ATS umbrella. It's a mobile-first digital agency located in Philadelphia. He's also an adjunct professor professor at the University of Denver, where he teaches an online graduate-level course in mobile marketing. Welcome to the MobiCast, Bob. How are you doing? <laughs> doing great. Thank you. That's the nicest thing anyone ever said about me. <laughs> nice. Well, no problem. It was uh, I really enjoyed our conversation, um, and I was you know eager to learn more about Purple Gator. And when I found out you've uh, written this book, it's funny. Uh, relevance raises response. You know, at GoToMobi, we've been um, trying to pioneer the concept of moment-based mobile marketing. And as I have been since meeting you, basically, whenever I'm selling concepts internally or selling them externally, I end up finding myself saying, "Relevance raises response." Ah, uh, it's it's catchy uh, and it's simple and it gets right to the point. It's something that I've experienced sort of throughout my career as well. Um, you know, I used to used to run a um, a mobile marketing, uh, sorry, a, a desktop marketing campaign for a for an online jewelry uh, auction company called Bids.com, and I, I kind of did all of their creative, um, ran their entire sort of mobile marketing camp or desktop marketing campaign, and it was a principle that I learned very quickly. Is just just to build relevance. In this case, it was seasonal relevance. So I just basically make the ads reflect the season that I was advertising in and it raised responses sort of astronomically and little things like that. Just having advertising reflect the moment uh, is something that I I think is very powerful, which we'll get into in a a little bit. So why don't you um, take the floor a little bit and and tell us about uh, about your book and uh, about about your background, what's brought you here? Yeah, well, um, Advanced Telecom Services uh, began in 1989. Uh, It expanded to uh, numerous countries, including uh, headquarters in Philadelphia, also offices in Canada and Toronto, uh, in London, England, in Prague, Czech Republic, and also in Taipei, Taiwan. So we've gone international over the 27 years. One of the interesting things about the business is over 27 years, we've kind of... uh, provided uh, services to the same type of customers, that being uh, media, advertisers, and advertising agencies. But imagine what has changed in those 27 years. In 1989, when we started, there were only 3 million mobile phones in the country. Uh, And uh, so we've kind of evolved from being an interactive telephone company originally for landlines and then in the mid-90s, this thing called the Internet came along. So we kind of morphed into becoming an Internet company. And I keep saying that Internet thing's going to catch on one of these days. Uh, <laughs> Just and, like mobile, then, maybe, one time. <laughs> and then finally, um, in 2002, I like to tell the story. I was over in our London office, and I noticed that uh, at the time, of course, Europe was about three years ahead of North America in terms of mobile. And I noticed when people's uh, phones rang, they got a unique ringtone, which at that time, many of them were Spice Girl tunes. And uh, so I learned about the phenomena of ringtones, and I brought that concept back to uh, the United States and Canada. In 2002, we started one of the first ever uh, membership ringtone sites. And we built that up to 60,000 uh, members paying $10 a month 
for uh, 10 ringtones and five wallpapers. We ended up selling that at, in 2006 to the Zim Corporation of Ottawa. Uh, and uh, that was a nice run that we had there with ringtones. I'm doing so a little math on that. It sounds like you did okay. Yeah, we did really well. <laughs> That business, uh, and I think we sold it at the right time too. Yeah, uh, because then ringtones started to appear on the deck, and it was less important to go to the web to to get them. Mm -hmm. uh, but in 2006, we were sitting here with some technology uh, that we were pretty good at delivering stuff to the mobile phone, and we started to get into mobile marketing uh, as an agency. We did some services. Quite frankly, they didn't do that great until about 2010 or 2011 when the smartphone penetration reached a significant uh, amount. And, uh, you know, then we started to get some real solid results for our customers. Very cool. Um, so Purple Gator is your agency. First of all, what is a Purple Gator? <laughs> yeah, Yeah, that, that, that's a pretty good question. Uh, I've had that domain for many, many years. Over over ten years, I've had the domain, and originally, Purple Gator was going to be the name of one of our ringtone sites, and uh, we never really created that uh, third ringtone site. So I've been sitting on this domain for a long time. I thought it was a catchy name, and uh, we decided to go with it uh, when we renamed the agency. Nice. I uh, I guess I, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the book. There's a, another. I think it's the Purple Cow. Um, that uh, that I, this is going to be a terrible analogy because I don't remember it. But back to ringtones for a second. It's I um you, you mentioned Purple Gator as a ringtone name. Uh, when I was starting my career in affiliate marketing, we spun out a couple different ringtone sites that were probably backed out by some of your products or, or products that were maybe from Zim who who bought your company. And we had a Grubby Monkey that was that was one of our uh, that was one of our ringtone properties. And I and I shortly for a, for a period I was also the number one purveyor of ringtones in the Netherlands. Because uh, I started a, a ringtone hit parade website where I was keeping track of what was top top of the charts and reporting it via you know by their their ringtone version of the of these uh, these billboard hits and, uh, and yeah I sold sold a lot of ringtones in the Netherlands so it's interesting uh, this this business uh, in a lot of ways is based on on some of that stuff uh, from the early two thousands and before like ringtones. Yeah, it really is. It's it's funny how it starts with some sort of quirky thing like ringtones and evolves into a real bona fide industry that really helps people. Yeah. So you say in your book, which uh, which I have read, um, that the mobile channel is the best marketing channel of all time, uh, better than smoke signals. What what makes you say this? Uh, yeah, I think it's better than smoke signals. Um, I actually come from the television industry, uh, and I left that industry in, in the late 1980s to start this company. Uh, and if you think back to the 1980s, television was an absolute juggernaut. You know, if you advertised on television, there were really only three major networks in the United States, and there was a, this upstart called Fox, which had, which had absolutely the worst programming you could ever imagine. Uh, and then there was, you know, ESPN, there was MTV, actually, when they went and actually played videos, music videos back mm -hmm. then, and ESPN, which seemed to have women's volleyball all day. So there really wasn't a lot of competition. Um, but mobile, I think, does something so much better than television can do, and that's targeting. And I always think of the example of, you know, if I'm watching a TV show and they advertise a feminine hygiene product, well, I'm not a good prospect for buying that 
product, you know. Whereas with mobile, you know, you can advertise that product and just get to those people that, that might be interested in, in that particular product. So that's why I think uh, that it's the best marketing channel of all time because it's incredibly able to, to target your best customer when they're most likely to buy. And is that really just because it's such a personal device that everyone sort of has their own and therefore the signals that come from the mobile or allow you to help discern the gender, the you know the life stage, all the various demographics. Well, I think that's a big part of it, uh, but but I like to say that there should be absolutely no waste when it comes to mobile. Uh, for instance, if you were a restaurant owner in Mississauga, uh, your trading radius might only be three to five miles from your store. So buying traditional media over you know the, the metro of Toronto just doesn't make sense because most of it's going to be wasted. Um, and when you add that to the demo and the interest capabilities that are available on mobile, uh, that's where I think it's just the perfect storm for advertising advertising effectiveness. Yeah. And the other piece, of course, to that is the location aspect where each of these devices, um, you know, every time it's, it sees an ad. Um, and, and if you're an app owner, maybe it, it provides persistent location data um, that can give you a lot of different insight into, into how people behave, what they might be interested in, and kind of importantly, also what they have the opportunity to do. You know, you don't want to advertise something um, to someone who's, you know, over 100 kilometers away or 100 miles away from from being able to go in and actually act on that purchase. Absolutely. You know, I think geo-targeting is, is mobile's single biggest strength. Nice. So what are some ways that sort of, you know, with Purple Gator, it it started, I guess, I guess you've been mobile, you know, you've been telephonic or mobile um, basically your whole career. So starting Purple Gator as a mobile first agency, is it mobile first or is it actually mobile only? Uh, it's mobile first. Uh, about 85% of what we do is mobile oriented. You know, people come here because of mobile. Nice. So has that been difficult at all? I, or you say, I guess people come be, for the, the mobile aspect. Um, has it, I guess, you know, it's probably a lot less difficult now, but but especially in those early days, was it difficult sort of selling them the, that being that real pioneer in mobile when everyone was still just thinking about the desktop? Uh, yeah, it definitely was. When I look back at our uh, proposals that we were doing in that 2006 to 2011 period, we were putting a lot of stats in there because we had to convince people just how big it was, especially if, you know, the boss or the owner of the business was, you know, a bit older than some of his staff. Uh, so, you know, we don't even have to put stats in, in our presentations anymore. People get it. They bought in. Uh, they're with the program. So, yeah, that's, that's not something we really bother with anymore. Even when I started this podcast, I think I would reference a lot of the um, a bit of the dispar- dis- disparity between um, you know digital budgets and mobile budgets and time spent in these two mediums. And there was still a big discrepancy between um, the spend. So you'd see a lot more on desktop, even though people are spending much more time on mobile. But recent statistics that have come out that I've just see, sort of seen in my inbox every day are sort of uh, disproving that. You're seeing sort of a mass. Uh, a mass movement into into mobile to the point where it is starting to be much more reflective of the actual time spent. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, the, the gap is narrowing uh, each year, but I think it still has a long way to go. It, yeah, it's sort of a, you know, desktop is more of an addition at this point. It's sort of, okay, I, you know, there's a few things that I'll do on my desktop outside of work, um, you know, when I'm at home. and But, but most of the time it's this uh, this little device that, that I just keep keep staring into, which is quite interesting. Um, so can you give some examples of, of, of ways that you've worked with clients um, to really take advantage of the, of the mobile medium? Yeah, um, 
you know, I always think that when it comes to mobile, it, it makes the client look cutting edge, makes them look advanced. Um, we've heard, for instance, uh, some feedback from businesses that the, the, there's kind of a, a tertiary uh, bonus that they get from being mobile, and that's in the recruiting process, that uh, millennials uh, are more attracted to a company. They're attracting better employees because of their mobile involvement. Um, and, and the other thing I, I think that's really been a bonus, especially with some of our retail clients, is they're capturing more data, some of which they didn't know previously. And mobile's able to give them that, and uh, some of the third-party data, data that they're gathering, and they're finding pockets, you know, neighborhoods, which are especially important to their business. And I think that's a big deal. Yeah, uh, mobile mobile data is obviously, uh, you know, there's there's whole new levels of, of dimensions that are available through through mobile data. I'm working actually on a startup right now that's uh, based on, uh, on on the lunch the lunch buying activity and the amount of data that you can you can kind of uh, work with with local restaurants on that you know when it relates to how people behave in restaurants, especially when you can tie it up with with, uh, with beacons. There, it's just just absolutely amazing. Um, so, what are so one of the tricky things with mobile? I always find is creative. Um, I, so often, I still see creative where the text is is nearly impossible to read, where people aren't really. Um, fully understanding the the best way to to, to sort of use mobile creative. Do you, what's what's your uh, agency's philosophy on mobile creative? Yeah, uh, good question. You know, banner advertising still works to a certain degree. Um, we still have successful programs that just do uh, standard banners, but to stand out from the din of advertising that people are receiving every day uh, on mobile, you usually have to do something different. Um, it's easy to take standard banner images uh, to a different level uh, through things that are offered through social media, like Facebook's carousel ads. We've found, you know, increased engagement, tremendously increased engagement, uh, when you use four different images uh, in the carousel ads as opposed to the one on Facebook. Um, but for our company, uh, you know, and, and our special sauce, we're banking on mobile video. Um, we hired a guy as our creative director who has Hollywood level experience, having worked on the Fast and the Furious movies. Um, guy who graduated in, in Philly, went to Hollywood, found out it wasn't quite as sexy as he thought it would be, came back to Philly. We're glad to have him. So we're banking a lot on video. We're shooting videos for clients that often use the same content, yet it's parsed into everything from a two-minute video that they might put on their desktop website to a six-second uh, Vine video and, you know, a seven to 15-second mobile ad video. And, you know, uh, one of my favorite sayings is that video informs and entertains, and it should be integrated into every aspect of your mobile marketing efforts. That's interesting. Yeah, you can you can see those trends very clearly. I just was um, uh, an old contact of mine was one of my first reps at a company called Adbright way back in the day when I was when I was media buying. Um, he now works for Mopub and he is now spearheading their um, video product called Spiral. I don't know if you've had a chance to check it out yet, but it's a it's just a, a beautifully simple video streaming app where you essentially select the topics you're interested in then it, and it serves you the freshest ads the freshest uh video content on a on a you know um, category by category basis and it they they auto play they they're they're perfectly high def they're beautiful and as soon as you scroll to one it just starts playing the previous one stops playing and it was a really uh really seamless 
um, experience even more so than things like YouTube. And I, and I really think things like that are, are definitely going to be the future. And so they're, and they're going to start monetizing through seamless, you know, ad experiences as well. So having multi, uh, multi different formats and different lengths and things like that for advertisers, I think would be quite important in order to get that message across quickly. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Check out spiral. I'm always interested watching YouTube ads too, at the companies that are really good at, getting a hook in in those first five seconds no matter how long the video is and 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 the good ones you can you can tell the way that they're set up is to get get a hook in right away so that you don't skip Uh, is that something that you guys are cognizant of when you're making content for for your clients absolutely it has to be because let's face it none of us want to see those videos right (laughs) (laughs) we have to to see them before we get to the video that we want so if you don't grab their attention right away um, you're going to lose them as soon as the minimum seconds expires. And it's all, I'm all, almost begr- like there every now. I sort of as someone who works in advertising, I do find myself, you know, um, watching videos I might not otherwise just to. But I almost it's almost begrudging. Like, okay, you got me. You got you got that hook in there. But alternately, yeah. when you go to you know, NHL.com, for instance, if you go to uh, that was the one I was just browsing recently, where to watch a a 30 second highlight package, they lock you into watching a 30 second commercial. And that uh, is, just doesn't work for me when when I'm when I can't skip, especially if the content I'm watching is short. Uh, I, f- I find that not a very good experience, and, and I'm, I'm I'm pretty pretty quick to get out of it. It's amazing how impatient we've all become. <laughs> yeah. Thirty seconds is not a big deal, right? Yeah, we're not willing to invest that. Well, I, it's it's about control in a way, right? You know, you want to be able to control it, and and sometimes I'll, I'll if I really want to see the content, I'll just I will mute the ad, and then I can and then I honestly sort of give my, myself a quiet like, mm, all right, you know, I, I won that battle. It's it's weird how uh, uh, how that works with with uh, with psychology and everything, but uh, cool. That's very cool to hear that you're um, so engaged in uh, in video. Where uh, at GoToMobile, we're going to be. Um, really putting a focusing focus on uh, on mobile as well. One of our sister com- oh, sorry on video. One of our sister companies is uh, SpotX, uh, which is a, a really strong video uh, video supply partner um, that we hope to be integrating with soon and uh, to try to really grow that part of our business. Um, cool. So, do you have any thoughts on uh, mobile native as a as a unit? Well, I think uh, anytime you can make the uh uh, the message more relevant. Remember, relevance raises response, right? Uh, you know, more people are going to watch it, and uh, you know, I think that's again one of the advantages to mobile. Uh, I, I always challenge people to you know look at their Facebook, uh, and you know, usually in that second position, they're going to see a sponsored ad on their mobile in, the, in their newsfeed, and almost always, you know, people who don't really notice that or aren't in the advertising business say to me. That was pretty well targeted to my interests, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there's an example of native working, you know, uh, very fluently. Native is, is sort of almost a different kind of relevance because it's it's usually, you know, it's not it's it can be targeted and increasingly it is, but it's it's almost the relevance is almost derived from the fact that it looks like the content you're reading, even though it, it may not be always thematically uh, similar or directly targeted to, to your taste. Uh, although increasingly it is, it it is sort of it gains a little bit of relevance just because it looks like a natural part of the page rather than something that is being added or overlaid over top. Yep, for uh, sure. And and probably you know you and I I know we're both baseball fans and if we received a, an ad uh, you know something pertaining to baseball that would probably fit in really well with the other stuff we're looking at on our mobiles. Exactly, and uh, and perhaps because I have. 
um, apps pertaining to baseball, and I often visit mobile websites related to baseball. There's advertising companies out there that have built, uh, including GoToMopi, that have profiles built on uh, on my interests. Absolutely. Oh, relevance raises response. Relevance right? raises response. I, it's my it's my new mantra. Um, so are there any ways that you've uh, leveraged location data with your clients to help them succeed? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I always say there's two things that are no-brainers that we start with uh, regardless of the customer, um, and especially if they're a retail customer, and that is, you know, retargeting. That should be part of what you do all the time. Uh, but the other one is geoconquesting. Um, and I've found that uh, small local businesses, uh, you know, local local lumber yards and things like that, boy, they love the idea of someone being in Home Depot or Lowe's and uh, geoconquesting people there. Uh, we work with a lot of hospitals, and of course, hospitals, one of their biggest pain points is they just can't get enough nurses. Uh, so in a busy city, you know, we'll geoconquest the competing hospital so that when that nurse inevitably takes her break during her 10-hour uh, session at work, you know, she might see an ad for the competing hospital where she doesn't have to work the night shift and maybe even gets a $5,000 signing bonus to jump. Uh, so that's a, a great example, I think, of, uh, of local data. And, uh, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot more uh, in local. Um, one of our customers uh, had never advertised paint. And the reason they had never advertised paint was because at different stores within the DMA, they offered different types of paint. So they never wanted to put that on television or in print because someone might come to the store and they don't have that particular paint there so they could never use their co-op well mobile was perfect for them because we could serve the ads of the different paint suppliers in a five mile radius from that particular store so suddenly they had a way to advertise paint so there's a, a cool example of, of local as well um, and we always try and uh, wrap up our uh, uh, our promotions uh, you know with heat maps and uh, we found that to be valuable for our customers too because they can identify customer clusters, specific neighborhoods that they should be targeting. Um, and probably when it comes to location, one of my very favorite promotions we've, we've done was for a off-the-strip uh, hotel in Las Vegas. And they wanted to target uh, people that commuted from Los Angeles and, and Southern California. And I guess in, you know, if you lived in Southern California, on a whim on a Friday, you might be at work and with your buddy and say, hey, let's go to Vegas for the weekend, right? Uh, well, those people go there without any hotel reservations. So a really cool thing that we did for, for them was use the Waze app and actually had ads there. So when they were on that Route 5 corridor uh, through the desert, inevitably you're going to be looking at your phone if you're the passenger. Hopefully not the driver. Never. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Waze app would direct them right to the hotel. Very successful program we were able to do that was uh, very location-based and targeting those people that we knew were on the highway en route to Vegas. Yeah, that's very interesting. You know, we, we at GoToMobile has a similar um, product that we offer where we're able to, um, just because we have such sort of comprehensive map of, of devices that we're um, serving ads to, that we're able to tell when devices are outside of their, you know, 100-mile home radius. Um, and so we're able to then target people who are traveling, um, at, you know, with, with travel-related hotel or, or, or um, tourist-related uh, opportunities. So it is. It's, a, it's, it's definitely uh, – and, and it is just sort of beginning, um, th this ability to um, serve hyper-targeted 
um, relevant, dynamic, creative. That, that's another thing that we're doing. You had mentioned that you had you know mixed up uh, creative based on specific radiuses, so that you made sure that you're advertising to to the relevant store. Um, and I imagine you probably did that with static creative by just saying, okay, this camp like creative routing more or less, where this this part of the campaign receives this creative and this part of the campaign receives this creative. We're doing a lot of experimenting right now with with in individual rich media ad units that have data feeds sort of piped into them that allow us to change them based on various factors on the fly. Which is is that something you've ever experimented with? Yeah, it is. Um, we have a really cool customer in New York City called the Ride. And the ride is a bus that you sit in, sit in sideways, and one side of the bus is all glass. Uh, so it's a big tourist attraction, but it's also pretty cool if you're a New York resident to, to do it once or twice. So with that, you know, what we found was there was a different message that was working for New York residents versus tourists. And, of course, with a tourist, you needed to have more immediacy because, you know, they probably weren't there that long and, you know, uh, you couldn't do any branding. You either got them now or you didn't get them later. Uh, as opposed to a New York City resident, which, you know, might plan ahead to do this kind of thing. So there we, we served different ads to people that we knew were New York City residents versus people that we knew that happened to just be in town for business or pleasure. Uh, we also had a day and a night creative because during the day they could... Uh, there was more immediacy required because they could book and go in an hour or two. Uh, and at night, it was more, you know, branding that hopefully they'll consider, you know, going the next day. So there's a different level of direct response that was required for that uh, customer, a different sense of urgency that was required. Um, you know, the, the, the other thing that we do is, you know, with the geoconquesting for retail, we serve different creative based on what competing store uh, that that consumer is in. So, you know, that's another example that I can think of where uh, we use dynamic creative. Nice. Now, one of the, the most challenging things in, in modern digital marketing is attribution, is the problem of direct attribution. And it's, it's sort of interesting because we live in this era where everyone sort of feels mm-hmm. like it sh- should be possible. You know, you should be able to um, you know, ensure that, that, you know, that, that someone who sees an ad that you could actually follow that through all the way to a purchase or to a store visit, but it's fraught with, with all sorts of issues. Is that something your customers come to you with at this point? That, that ability to, um, have a direct, uh, understanding of the ROI on their ad spend and, and how do you either accomplish it or approximate it? <laughs> yeah, I wish there was a perfect solution for that. And I, I haven't seen one yet. Uh, you know, there's different things that we do. You know, my legacy business, when I talked back in 1989, is, you know, IVR, interactive landline-based telephone. So, you know, some of the things that we can do, which are pretty obvious, you know, having a different phone number where people would dial in so you can track the results and that kind of thing. Uh, but, yeah, I haven't seen a perfect solution in, in that regard in terms of people that actually walk in the store. You know, you want to talk all the time about Lyft. But the interesting thing to me is always how... People come to us, advertisers come to us with that expectation that we're going to be able to give them these detailed uh, reports in terms of the lift that they got in their store. And I always turn that around and say, you know, that billboard that you bought, how do you determine how many people came in because of that? And, and, you know, so whatever we're doing, we're doing it better than traditional media in, in most cases. Yeah, what's the, the quote about 50% of my ad spend? I just don't know which half is, is the bad half. <laughs> right. Maybe we're at sixty. <laughs> you know, maybe, yeah. we're at, maybe we're at. I think. Well, probably. I think he was overstating it at the time. Uh, it was probably more like ten percent then, 
and maybe we're at 60 now. Um, because it is, yeah, it's, it's, there, there are ways to approximate it. You know, we just announced a partnership with Placed, um, who has a pretty interesting um, product as it relates to, you know, being able to tell when, when users have visited their store with their sort of persistent location panel. Um, but it is, it's still, a, it's still an approximation of it. It's not, you know, we're not at minority report yet. And, and maybe thankfully so, just yet. But, uh, but I'm sure we're on the way. Um, so one of the things that I got to just actually now as I was uh, just before this interview, I was reading the final few chapters of your book and you actually mention uh, micro moments in it, which is a, a, a concept that Google brought forward. And it's one that GoToMobi for the past year or so has been really executing against to try to um, sort of break down uh, a consumer's sort of mobile life map as we see it into various addressable moments. So uh, the, one of the neat things we're doing is, is um, we're, we're creating large databases on um, consumer relative location or, or consumer specific location. So it's not just various points of interest. It's actually points of interest as they relate to that consumer. So we're able to sort of anonymously detect when a user is at home or perhaps at work or commuting. Um, is Have you been able to, you know, are mobile, mobile moments something that, that, that Purple Gator thinks about? And is, have you ever been able to execute campaigns with those in mind? Yeah, it definitely is, and you know we used the we already discussed baseball here once, so let's do it a second time. Um, <laughs> uh, last year we worked with Franklin, the batting glove company, uh, and uh, they actually added a tag to their batting gloves that were placed in sporting goods stores and department stores, uh, and this created, I thought, a really cool mobile moment. Uh, of course, if you're a baseball fan and you see this tag hanging it was going to catch your attention because uh, of course most batting gloves are bought by youth players not not adult players uh... and uh, what franklin did was they offered a batting clinic uh... and they had a tag on the on the batting gloves and you had a chance for your local youth team to participate in a batting clinic clinic at a major league baseball stadium and it was going to be taught your coach was going to be major league players that use Franklin batting gloves and uh, guys that use Franklin batting gloves are Dustin Pedroia, Josh Hamilton, Joey Votto, Miguel Cabrera, some really big names in, in baseball and some you know phenomenal hitters. Uh, so the hitting would be uh, held at an MLB ballpark uh, for your youth team and what the consumer had to do when they were looking at the baseball gloves is they had to send a text message to enter into the contest or scan the QR code. And yeah, I know QR codes are a little old-fashioned, uh, but they, they still add a little bit to, to what you're doing in text. Uh, and there was a link on the Franklin website once you scan the, the QR code, if you tap through to the website, that allowed uh, the uh, parent to choose the size batting glove that you needed. Also gave a video of some hitting tips for the player. And you know, based on the size of the player and their level of play, it recommended a particular style of batting gloves. But most important, you know, what Franklin got out of this was a very valuable uh, database indeed of people that they knew were youth baseball players or parents of youth baseball players uh, that were you know, interested in purchasing their, uh, their batting gloves. And not to mention, you know, just a phenomenal promotion that, uh, you know, probably had a lot of smiling faces at those MLB parks. Yeah, that's a great example. And batting gloves are a uh, depleting commodity. And after a good season of baseball, you should probably have a hole in your batting glove. Yeah, uh, if you hit the ball at all. If you hit the ball at all, then it's probably time for a, a new batting glove. So now I wonder if they ever tied, 
were able to tie. I guess they could. I guess in you know anyone who wins one of those competitions or enters would use their email, so they would they'd be able to build their list in that way. Um, we're always trying to t- tie things to device ID, right? That's that's our big goal is to have this sort of device, this massive device ID map that has attributes and um, and, and characteristics all built into it, so we can so we can target better in the future. Um, but it's a it's definitely a, a data heavy enterprise. Yeah, the uh, the 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 server cost is can can be astronomical, which is a challenge. Um, I just had a question too about uh, so as a you know you'd mentioned you have clients in New York City, you've got clients sort of all over the the eastern seaboard. Are your clients international? Are they across the U.S.? Where you know where where does Purple Gators sort of clients come in, and how do you market yourself as an agency? Yeah, uh, well, this office takes care of the United States and Canada. Uh, and one of the novel things that we've done, which I think was a, a pretty brilliant, uh, was uh, when it comes to our uh, short code, uh, we reserve the same short code 84444 in both the United States and Canada. Uh, and we have a couple of uh, uh, border. Uh, radio stations, for instance, that might be in upstate Vermont, but the majority of their listeners are are uh, English-speaking residents of Montreal. Uh, so, uh, you know, working uh, some of those radio stations that might be in Windsor and Detroit, or in uh, in your city in Vancouver and, and Seattle, uh, where they cross over. So, uh, yeah, we do quite a bit in both the, the United States and Canada. Uh, our London office handles the UK and Ireland, and our Czech office uh, handles Czech Republic and Slovakia. Slovakia. Truly international business you've built here. Very cool. All right. Well, I think uh, that does it for for my questions today. That we our, our time is almost up here. Want to give another plug for your book. So anyone who's interested in brushing up uh, in a sort of a comprehensive look at that uh, mobile marketing, go to relevanceraisesresponse.com. Maybe you can take it as your new mantra. Uh, as you as you pitch mobile services to uh, to clients, it, it it makes a ton of sense. So, Bob, again, thanks for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. It was a lot of fun. Okay. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye.